There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Why does a person kill? For each of our stories, that reason is different, but it's a question that keeps us wanting more. On February 6th, 1927, a man was born who would kill for the sake of killing. Kill for what he believed was a noble cause and kill for a few extra thousand dollars to weigh down his pockets. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On February 6th, 1927, in St. Louis, Missouri, Glennon Engelman, the youngest of four children, was born to a middle-class family and raised by a homemaker mother and a father who served in the United States Air Force. He was an above-average student and, in 1954, graduated from Washington University with a degree in dentistry after serving in the U.S. Army Air Corps. After graduation, Glennon opened up his own practice and made quite the name for himself as the generous doctor who treated his patients for little to no money in exchange. During this time, Glennon married a woman named Edna Ball, whom, after three years of marriage and a divorce, he continued to support both financially, medically, and, according to the sources, sexually. That was until she met and married a man named James Stanley Bullock a 27-year-old clerk for the Union Electric Company of Missouri, part-time student and one of Dr. Engelman's patients. A man who, after just five and a half months of marriage to Edna, died suddenly on December 17, 1958, while standing in front of the St. Louis Art Museum when an unseen sniper sent a bullet in his direction. As a result, Edna cashed in on the $64,000 life insurance policy about $612,000 in today's money. Now, feeling as though his death was obviously pretty suspicious, police started looking into the sordid life of Edna Bullock and found legendary stories of bar exploits that, in their opinion, warranted some questioning. As a result, the police force was condemned for their harsh treatment of a grieving widow and instead turned their suspicion on her ex-husband, who unfortunately had a pretty solid alibi. The case hit a dead end and went completely cold. Five years later, Glennon Engelman would find himself in the middle of yet another suspicious death when he opened up a drag racing strip with a partner named Eric Frey, who had only just recently married one of Glennon's former girlfriends. On September 26, 1963, while helping Glennon at a construction site, Eric somehow ended up at the bottom of a well with a heaping ton of dynamite. The death was quickly ruled as an accident, and Eric's newly grieving widow, as well as his business partner Glennon, cashed in on his insurance policies. She put $16,000 back into the business, which went bankrupt only a year later. A decade goes by, and now working at Dr. Engelman's office is a 24-year-old dental assistant named Carmen Miranda, whom the doctor has known since she was a child. Because of this, she comes to him complaining of her financial woes, and he, always wanting to help a woman in distress, tells her to marry a man with money, take out an insurance policy, and he would do the rest. A plan that he knew worked out really well because, by this point, he had already done so successfully twice. She eventually agrees and finds a man named Peter J. Holm. They marry, and, a year later, Peter is shot in Pacific, Missouri. 
Carmen Miranda Holm collected the $60,000 insurance policy, just over $290,000 in today's money. Glennon Edward Engelman, a hitman and a knight in shining armor, had, once again, rescued a woman in dire straits. But then, in 1977, a seemingly unrelated crime took place that would finally end up being Glennon's undoing. In a farmhouse near Edwardsville, Illinois, 61-year-old Arthur and 55-year-old Vernita Goosewell were killed. Arthur by gunshot and Vernita by blunt force trauma in what appeared to be a random home invasion. Their son Ronald soon became the sole heir to not just their family fortune, but to their booming oil business a fortune that he himself would only carry for a short while before going missing just 17 months after his parents' murder. Ronald's body was found just four days later in a car in an East St. Louis motel, shot and bludgeoned to death, and when police went to tell the widow what they had found, she was hosing off a red substance from her garage. Her name was Barbara Goosewell Boyle, who, overnight, became a millionaire and sole owner of her late husband's fortune and family business a woman who, you guessed it, used to date Glennon Engelman. Three years later, the 59-year-old owner of the South St. Louis Dental Laboratory was killed in a random car bomb explosion that police initially attributed to the increasing mob activity. They had no clue that Glennon Engelman owed her about $14,000, almost $47,000 in today's money. With no clue that any of these cases were connected, but suspicious of all of them, a woman named Ruth Jolie came into the police station with a harrowing story to tell. Ruth, the second wife of Glennon Engelman, was convinced that her husband had put out a hit on her. The police had long held suspicions that Glennon was involved in a number of odd deaths, but never had enough evidence to convict or arrest him. So they convinced Ruth to wear a wire and, sure enough, Whatever was recorded earned not only Glennon's arrest a month later, but the arrest of Carmen Miranda, her brother Nick, and a man named Robert Handy, both accomplices. On February 24, 1980, Glennon Engelman was charged with the murder of 26-year-old Peter Holm, and Carmen, the woman whom he killed for, went on to testify against him in the court. He was found guilty and given 50 years imprisonment while his accomplices got 20. An additional 30 years were later added when he was brought to federal trial for Sophie Barrera's murder. And in exchange for some leniency, Robert Handy, that accomplice, gave police information on the Goosewell murders and implicated Barbara Boyle, who was then arrested. He was later given just 14 years for his role in the Goosewell murders, and Glennon, now behind bars, confessed to the three other murders and was sentenced to an additional three life sentences. During his confession, he coldly said, I like to kill. It sets a man apart from his fellow men if he can kill. Barbara Boyle was later convicted for her husband's murder, but acquitted of the murder of his parents. She was given 50 years and was released at the age of 67 in October of 2009. Edna Ball was never prosecuted for the role that she played in James Stanley Bullock's murder. On March 3rd, 1999, Glennon Edward Engelman, beloved dentist and cold-blooded hitman, was pronounced dead at the Jefferson City Correctional Center, where he had been treated for diabetes for the last few years of his life. He was 71 years old, and according to prison officials, his death was expected. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. 
Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on February 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.